and welcome to Funny Parents. Hello, I am Mary. And I am Pat. And it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a little while between yeah, episode four and episode five. One minute, a week, Year. two and a half years. Time, uh, you know, they say about parenting, uh, what is it, long days, short years? Yes. Yeah, long days. So there you, there you go. That's why. That's yeah. why. Um, but what much joy it has brought us that people have been listening to our yes. podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening and, and uh, trying this out and, and, and finding it, honestly. And it, actually, if you don't mind, drop by our Facebook page and tell us how you found this. We, we see the numbers have been going up and people have been listening. So we really, really appreciate it. We can't find it ourselves. So <laughs> we don't know where you're finding this. Which is great. Um, so one of the things is we love doing this podcast, loved it. Um, but like everybody, we have kids and everything. And we kept saying, you know what? We're going to do it again when we have time. We now have time. Yes. We are isolated in our apartment in Queens, New York. Um, so that said, keep in mind that, yep, we are filming in our apartment. We're filming. No, we're recording. recording. Uh, so you're going to probably hear our kids in the background. Yes. It's going to happen. They are currently enacting Apollo 13 in the other room. So literally, there you go. Yes. Um, so we are so excited to uh, have two stories for you uh, for this episode. Uh, you're going to hear a little bit later from Kara Green Epstein and a wonderful tale of a little boy in sports. Yes. But we're going to kick it off with our friend Mandy Schmieder. And Mandy uh, is a veteran at the People's Improv Theater. Uh, and uh, and also, if you are listening from outside of New York, uh, you would recognize Mandy from the show in- Inside Amy Schumer. She was on many sketches on that show, uh, particularly- the Yes, and in Amy Schumer's films, uh, particularly the, uh, or my favorite would be the I'm Sorry sketch. Uh, if you're familiar with that. And then she also recently finished production on her own uh, short film that she wrote and directed called Unnatural. And we will have information for that on our web or on the Facebook page, funny, uh, facebook.com slash funny parents. And so Mary's going to share a little story about traveling with her two children. Enjoy. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, with two children now, very (laughs) grateful, very grateful. Um, I, (laughs) um, was seeking as you do some perspective, um, when you have two kids, it's the, the days start moving faster and faster. Uh, and all of a sudden, um, you realize you haven't showered in a week. Um, and I just (laughs) wanted some space to like, kind of appreciate what I had, uh, and so I was going to visit a friend in New Hope, Pennsylvania, and this is a friend who has two children, um, and they're the same age as our kids. Uh, however, their oldest son, who is the same age as my son, who's four, my son's name is Teddy, um, and his son Wesley, um, or their son, has a cancer. So, um, and they're just handling it as best they can. I mean, obviously, it's very scary right now with the um, coronavirus. Um, but they're just an inspiration to me. Like the, this mother is just, just an amazing person. And Wesley is an adorable child. And I was so lucky to, to be invited over there out there to, to meet her or to see her, um, with her family and, and, you know, hang out with her kids. So, um, I was like, great. Our kids are the same age. I'm going to go out there. I'm also going to let my husband, Jamie, have a weekend off or a night off. At least I'm going to take him myself. It's going to be great. Right. So I, um, 
so as you, I'm sure you've heard of the mental load. We talk about the mental load for parents and really having to organize every detail of our lives when you have so many moving parts. Um, and so that was kind of times four because I had, um, I was doing this on my own, right? So any kind of travel, just walking a block with one child is like a, a challenge. So um, especially if you guys are like actually walking, there's not a stroller involved. Um, but in this case, I was trying to really organize this perfectly. I, you know, I had a schedule. I was going to go to a New Jersey transit, get picked up by her and with her kids. So she was going to meet me at a certain time. And I thought, well, how can I take these kids? I have a double stroller. I could wear one, have a, have the other one in the stroller. What are, what are my options? So I decided to put her in the stroller and I had my son, Teddy. So her name is Veda. I had my son, Teddy, um, hold on to a belt that I wrapped around the stroller handle. And I said, you in no way can let go of this strap. Um, I mm. also had a wheelie suitcase. So it was me with my 11-month-old <laughs> daughter and my then three-year-old son and a wheelie suitcase heading into Manhattan on a Friday in December to go <gasps> to Penn Station um, <laughs> in the afternoon. And, uh Right. So, so let me ask Mandy and, and, and how, and for those of you uh, unfamiliar with New York city, uh, Mandy lives in Queens, uh, which is, uh, which is East of Manhattan. And, uh, and, and how did you get in to Penn station? Well, we took the subway because we don't have a car. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> Taking taking kids on the subway um, is very difficult, and just getting from the subway to Penn Station to the interior of mm -hmm. Penn Station deserved a trophy. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't even close at that point, so it, it's it's a. I had a, I had a lot on my shoulders. I was staying very optimistic, um, and you know I had specific plans. So of course, you know though you're late, right? When you have kids, when you have one mm -hmm. child, you're late. When you have two kids, you're twice as late. We get to Thirty Fourth Street, and we get there fourteen minutes before our train mm -hmm. is departing. Okay, now that's good for those of you who aren't familiar with Penn Station. It is a labyrinth of nonsense. Nothing, <laughs> two plus two does not equal four. There, I, and I, I've lived here for 12 years. Like I know, I, I've lived here for longer than that. I've been through Penn Station many, many times. I can't tell you how to get anywhere in there. There's, I wouldn't be able to tell you, <laughs> I can't advise you in any way. I'm useless, right? So, so, and I had 14 minutes with all this stuff going up and down stairs and I had to figure out where New Jersey Transit is and how to get tickets all in 14 minutes. Um, so I I was still optimistic. I was like, we can do this, right? We can do this. So I get somehow managed to get to New, New Jersey Transit, find it, locate the ticket booth, the ticket machine. And I start to, um, to look, I think I'm looking for New Jersey Township or something like that, um, like that station. And for some reason there's two on in on the computer that I have to choose from, which makes me mm. really mad. So I have this gift. Like, luckily, I don't like. I have no problems. I'm very outgoing. I'm no problem socially. I just like talk to anybody. I have no stranger anxiety whatsoever. So I was just like, where, which station do I take? Like out in the air to no one. Which station do I take <laughs> to get to this to New Hope? You know, and somebody, some gentleman, like a lot of people looked at me, <laughs> but one person. <laughs> 
<laughs> one person in particular was like, oh, um, I think you, he came over and helped me. And, and I was like, great. So I bought it. I think I had about five minutes now. Um, mm -hmm. I bought it. Um, my son tried to put the card in into the machine. And I was like, nope, that's not, we're not doing that right now. Uh, <laughs> play that game later. Um, and so, I, so he, I'm like, great, now where do I go? And this guy says, oh, look up at the screen. I look up at the screen, there's all this information. I was like, uh, and he looked at me and he could tell that I was just like, like he was must have been really confused about how I had even gotten there in the first place and was like, I'll just take you there. <laughs> so this very, very nice man, um, you know, starts to take us there. And I think he was very nice. I just don't think he had an awareness about the stroller and was just kind of leading us there, but would but didn't offer to help with the stroller, which was really funny because I was just like dragging Veda, like dragging her down the stairs with the suitcase on the wind one arm and the and Teddy was kind of running in front. And I was just and and then somebody else offered helping the suitcase and the, it was just like a mess. And just just to mention too, again, this is Penn Station on a Friday afternoon in December. It is massively crowded. There's people darting in and out. Mm. There's it just it's just tons of people stopping, going faster than you, going mm. slower than you. There's teenagers like trying to get as much attention for being as obnoxious as they can, just you know, using it as their <laughs> audience. There's there's shoppers, there's business people. It's just a lot, it's just it's just really, really bustling. And so I'm going to this the top of the I'm, I'm going to where this the platform is right. This man's taking me. I probably have about three minutes at this point. We finally oh. get to what is what looks like the entrance to the platform, and there's um, and I'm just seeing in front of me a, a, an escalator, and it's a single file escalator. And I think, oh, this is great. There's an escalator. FYI, you're not supposed to take strollers on escalators. That could be very mm -hmm. dangerous. Um, which I didn't know before, uh, but now, and I, I mean, luckily we, we didn't, that wasn't our particular issue, but I, um, I know that now you don't take escalators on, I mean, you don't take strollers on escalators, but I was just relieved. I was like, thank God I don't have to drag her downstairs. And then as we're about to get on this, a woman comes up to me and says, uh, would you like help with your suitcase taking it downstairs? And this woman seemed very nice and normal, but I'm not going to give my suitcase to a stranger. So I declined her offer, um, and uh, was, I was like, "Oh, that's strange. That was oddly polite." Um, and then, as we're getting, we rush. We're getting into the rushing waters of the escalator and fitting into the single file. And I'm thinking quickly, and I'm thinking, "Well, Teddy's okay on escalators. So I'm going to put him in front, and then we'll follow with the stroller." And he starts going down the escalator, and his the um the belt that you hold on to with your hand is moving at a different speed from the steps and he starts to turn mm. and fall so oh. i oh. rush in front of the stroller grab him as he's falling and we both sit on the steps as i'm oh. doing that i look up behind me i see veda in the stroller at the top of the escalator and that woman appears again <laughs> and she, oh. says, she says i'll take her down in the elevator to me as it was, we're coming down the escalator. And I'm not really thinking about that. I'm thinking about how I've just traumatized my son for the rest of his life by oh. creating a scenario where he's fallen down an escalator. He was fine. We got it. Like I actually, it was kind of funny when we hit the bottom, because it's kind of <laughs> bump, 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 like as the, the stairs go under the floor and I laughed and he laughed and we got up and we brushed ourselves off. And then I'm thinking, right, elevator. We're on the platform now. So it is, crazy loud in addition to people darting to and fro 
people running onto that train. Oh, I forgot to mention too, when we're getting on the escalator, a woman behind me goes, the train is leaving! Um, just like out of the open. Oh. But she was right behind me. So I think I knew she was basically right. telling me that the train is leaving and to get my son, you know, down the stairs. Um, so there was just all this oh, like geez. pressure to get on this train. It's so loud. And, and then we're down there and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, right, elevator. So I, I'm like, uh, and again, I just say out, in the, out, out to anyone that hears me, where's the elevator and people somebody tells me where it is it's it's of course nowhere near the escalator that we just came down it's about 20 uh -huh. yards into the center of the platform so yeah. i grab my son and i walk we walk over there and as we're walking two things happen one is my son who is a very empathetic boy says to me where's my sister Oh. And oh. at the same time, while he when he says that, I have an overwhelming sense that I've never felt before that uh -huh. that tells me that I am separated physically from my daughter, and which right. I have never been before. And we, I I don't yeah. So so this is happening, but I'm just looking at the elevator, and I'm staying calm for my son because he's where where's my sister? And I'm saying she's coming down the elevator. She's going to bring her down the elevator. Meantime, I am staring at the elevator with an intense gaze that has is unmatched, waiting for the elevator doors to open. There's nothing. Nothing is happening. There's tons of noise and commotion as people are rushing onto the train cars. It's loud, and I'm just thinking, as time goes on that my daughter at this point could be anywhere. We are oh in the middle of Penn Station. She is physically apart from me. That woman could have brought her on the train. She could have put, brought, you know, wheeled her on the train knowing that I was getting on that train. She, where is she? Just where is she? And I have never been electrocuted before, but it felt like I was electrified. And my son was very worried. Teddy was very, very worried. And I was trying to stay calm for him. But I reached mm -hmm. a point where I became that person in the movie who starts yelling about their child like Mel Gibson and Ransom. And I, yeah. I picked him up in my arms and started screaming, my daughter is missing, um, into the train cars, into the openings, to anyone who would hear me. And I don't know what is scarier, like saying those words or hearing yourself saying them, to hearing oh, yourself oh, screaming them was was sur absolutely surreal and i was just screaming it into face faces just faces were looking back at me somebody said tell the train conductor so i so i didn't see the train conductor so i ran across the other the other platform because i saw one there and he said go go with the new, new jersey transit but i couldn't leave that platform i didn't know where she was i couldn't possibly uh -huh. leave so then so then I, I end up looking for the train conductor for the other train. And I'm like, this train can't leave. My daughter is missing. My daughter is missing. And he says, the train's got to leave lady. It was just like, he just, it was like one oh, of those things. Yeah. Like he was cast as like, um, you know, conductor that, that goes about his business. Goes about his day. Um, so I, um, I am at, at, a point that I never have experienced in my life. I'm absolutely terrified. Um, and a man comes off the train and he says, I'm not leaving. I'm going to help you find your daughter. So oh. he comes off oh, and I, and, and he's like, go upstairs and look for her. I will I, uh, go upstairs and look for her. So I'm like, okay. And then we realize we have to, I have to give him my number. There's got to be some way to, to reach him. So I right. can't even think straight because I'm 
like I said, I'm being electrocuted. Um, and so I just, and I can't say, I can't say words or I, I'm so I'm just starting, I just start repeating my number over and over and over again, just hoping he's oh. going to pick it up. He's going to pick oh it up God. one of these times. He's going to pick it up. He's going to say he's got it one of these times. Okay. I think he's got it. I grab Teddy. We start walking up the stairs. I start dialing 911. And then I hear on the other end, again, I'm about 20 yards away from that initial escalator. I came down. I hear like a, yeah like a, a major note, like instead of a minor note, I guess I was just hearing minor notes. I hear like a here, I hear like a here, here, something like that. And I'm, there's a note of hope or something. So I take him, I grab, I run all the way back to the other side. I run up the stairs with him and there's the woman with my baby in the stroller and my suitcase. And the woman is now wearing a neon vest, like the kind of vest that someone wears when they're, working somewhere oh my goodness and she she has a scarf that she has moved she had the scarf on before but she moves it out of the way and she has a name tag like a name tag <laughs> you would wear if you were employed at, somewhere right oh my goodness. So, so she's like i'm so sorry i didn't it's cold in the office and i had this scarf on you couldn't see that i worked here and I see Veda and I just start sobbing. I am just sobbing. I'm almost oh, dancing. Man. My body is shuddering to such a degree. Um, and she sees me and just starts crying too. Cause she's, I don't, I'm sure she's never seen me like that before. Sure. And I'm just so relieved. I'm so, so relieved. And I, um, and the, the woman totally understands. She's like, I'm so sorry. I, I will, you know what? I'm going to escort you to the next one. She's like, why didn't you let us, you know, why didn't you let us know? Um, it's our job to help people down to the trains. And I'm like, I didn't know you guys had red cap service. And she says, yeah, we don't. This is what we do have our own private service. So I, uh, so she gives me her number. She says, call me when you get, want to get on the train next and I will make sure you get to it. And so then, so then I'm just like, I just, I'm recover. I'm in recover mode. I'm in recovery mode. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, should we just go home? Should we just go home? Like, oh. And then I'm thinking, well, we're okay now. I mean, we're here. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, we we are we made it. And and I can't feel too much relief because I still have two kids loose in Penn Station. Um, so <laughs> I'm not able to really fully come to my sense i'm still processing it takes it took a long time many weeks really um so then we just go to the bathroom we go get some cookies and um mainly for me and um, <laughs> and i so then i call her before she takes us down an elevator how luxurious mm. um to the train that we're supposed to get on and you know i said to her she on the way there she said you know i understand i have a daughter who's autistic and one time i lost her in a park and and um she was right basically like behind me in a way but it, it was really it was really scary and i totally understand and and I thanked her so much when she put us on the train and, and she said, you know what? I do this cause I love it. And, and I love helping people. And I'm so glad I got to help you. And I started crying again and I was so grateful for her. But at the same time, I was like, gosh, I just wish she would be wearing, she had been wearing that vest. <laughs> wish she'd just been wearing that vest from the beginning. It would have been so much easier. I can't blame her. I can't really blame her for any of this, but at the same time, like, could you? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we we made it, and uh, yeah, um, it it was a very traumatic day, and and 
I, I think that I th often think like, what's the lesson, right? What's the lesson here? What should I have done differently? And two things really come to mind a lot. One of them is probably don't put your son on an escalator, a three-year-old boy <laughs> on an escalator by himself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the other is, um, even though everyone's set up for a certain thing, you've got a time set, someone's meeting you somewhere, it all seems super important and critical that you meet those deadlines, mm -hmm. and the yeah. momentum is, is going and the ball is rolling, just stop it when you need to. Just stop it and say, like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, you know? Um, so that was my wow. biggest, I think that was my biggest, <laughs> my biggest lesson was stop the ball rolling if it's, if it's getting that dicey, you know, <laughs> wow. take the later train for God's sake, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Yeah. So I think any parent can relate to that gut punch of a moment where you think, oh my gosh, my child is not with me. Yeah. Whether it's for a split second or longer, mm -hmm. there is a whole body fear. Yeah. And, and when it is longer, it, it just, it just increases and increases. Um, I mean, I think one of the other big takeaways is that clearly New Jersey Transit needs to work on uniforming their people. Consistency in uniforms. Is it in a more demonstrative manner? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So everyone knows what team you're on. Exactly. Speaking of teams and uniforms. We're going to hear a story from my friend, Kara Green Epstein, who is a fantastic actor and brilliant writer who is now Chicago-based. She used to be here in New York, and she and I did a program together at the Labyrinth Theater years ago. And she is an amazing, amazing mom, human being to know. She's an award-winning writer and director of her film dragonfly which is on amazon prime so if you've got some time go watch her film yep. um, and she's going to tell an amazing story about her son and his love of sports you said a funny story and i was thinking about what stories could i tell and kind of along the lines of these children and how how you can't always like put your child in a box and i was listening to um oh i was listening to glennon doyle who i listen to sometimes who had the thing momastery and now has mm -hmm. a new untamed and, and is in is very much about like forging your own parenting style but she was talking about how you know we like to say that or people in the world like to say that um, that courage is when you're afraid and you do it anyway. And she was sort of calling BS on that and saying, like, actually, courage is, <laughs> is, you know, speaking from your inner truth, like whatever it is. Like, I don't want to do this right now. And my not doing it doesn't mean I'm not afraid, but um, but means that but I'm just like being very honest about it. And I know that about myself, which like I love that in theory. And also I'm like, <laughs> Like, how much self-knowledge do you have? And I found myself typing her this very long, direct message <laughs> about the situation with my son that I had last year. 
because I was where I had really this like this, you know, you know, this is how you know that you you get the opportunity to be brave because you know you can't be brave. Mm, I say that all the time, and so I was feeling really um, insecure, clearly about it, and so I wrote her this long long, um, message about it that I like couched as a question so that I didn't seem like a crazy person. But like, she liked it. I think it actually wasn't even a DM. I think it was like a comment. She she like gave me like a like on it, but like didn't reply. But I was anyway. Here's the story, and you be the judge. <laughs> you be the judge. So my, my six year old like loves sports. He really likes mm. like every ball was his first word. He like really likes playing them. He's not very competitive. He gets that from mm. his dad. Like he doesn't he really is like it doesn't matter if you win or lose it's how you play the game. He really feels that. However, mm. last year we finally put him in organized sports and we were like he's going to love this and we put him on a team with like mm. friends. We made sure his best friend was on his soccer team. And he was so excited and he got to the field, burst into tears, refused to get out of my lap, sobbed on the sidelines. And I'm like the the bad cop parent in that, like, I'm I'm like, we need to we need to do some things. Sometimes those are forced fun things. So he's sobbing on the sidelines. Um, and and I'm like, all right, next game, this is not what's gonna happen. And my husband's hmm. like, okay. And so he starts crying again. You know, we get to the next game and I'm like, all right, he needs to go sit with his team. And he's sitting on Ben's lap and Ben looks at me like, well, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, go make him like, I'm like, he needs to take him off of Ben's lap. And I'm the one who like walks him across the field and makes him sit with his team. And he just cries sitting on the sideline with his team. Right. And like, and so now I'm sitting across the field and I'm, and, and my husband's staring at me. So anyway, fast forward to the end of the season, he loves soccer, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, like after that game, he started playing. He loved it. He loved it. I was like, great. He knows they're fun. This won't be a problem when we get to basketball. We get to basketball, <laughs> we're on the team, Again, we get there the first time, sobbing, sobbing, it's a tiny oh. bit, won't get off my lap, doesn't want to play the game, like, but this time I'm like, all right, well, you're going to just sit next to me, but eventually we'll get there, and again it takes to like the third game but now he's like in it he's playing he loves basketball he says it's probably his favorite thing he's ever done right loves basketball so then t-ball comes around and 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 we have like special care right like we've like we've been playing a lot of catch and uh, and we've met like we've talked with his friends and like other team members who are going to be on his team and and he's like and we've even said like remember like you got nervous with these other things so you don't need to get nervous this time and he's like i know i love t-ball won't be a problem i love baseball oh my god there and he's like mom i'm feeling kind of nervous and i'm like that's okay buddy you know, like you get an opportunity to be brave, right? Like you're not, you're not scared. You don't get an opportunity to be brave. So this is your opportunity to be brave. And he's like, all right. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like taking his hand and we're walking and he lets go of my hand. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, great. He's going to like, he's got this. He doesn't need my hand anymore. And then I realize he's not walking with me. And I turn around and he is literally hugging a tree crying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like refuses to let go 
go of the three. Like he's not even going to get to the field because he knows what happens, which is like I make him cry on the bench with his team, right? So he's like, <laughs> he's like, forget it. I'm just going to be here with this tree. So we do a lot of talking about courage and bravery and all of this stuff. And finally, I think I pry his hands off of the tree and I like carry him over and he sits in my like folding chair with me and the other parents are looking at me and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Trust me. And his like <laughs> best friends who are identical twins come over and they're like, you know, I can't tell which one is coming over, but like if it's the same kid or if it's like a different brother each time, I can't tell the <laughs> But like, so they're <laughs> back on him and he, he won't even look at them, but they're like his best friends. And so, oh. so finally he's on my, he, we're watching a little bit and then I, and then I get him, I'm like, all right, this is the time. And he looks at me and he like with tears and kind of nods and we walk over and he sits on the bench and he like sits and cries on the bench. And I like tell oh. his coach, that this is sort of what happens with organized sports and his coach who's, who's magic, but I don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, okay, I get it. And I'm like, all right. And I go back and I sit down and he's like being sad on the bench. And then I see his coach kind of talking to him and then he's sad. And then we get to the last inning and they call his name to go up to bat and he's refused every other time. And he kind of refuses again, but his coach is like, I'm going to come bat with you. So his coach comes up with him and like holds his bat with him, like behind, you know, like if it was a rom-com, they'd be falling in love. He's got like his arms around him. <laughs> and he hit, and they hit the ball off the tee together, right? And and we cheer, and he and the, and they drop the bat, and the coach starts to run to first base, and Micah just stands there with his arms crossed and his head down, like refusing to run. So his coach, <sighs> his coach picks him up and carries him to first base, and then <laughs> and, and then and I'm like right there, and, and my and he looks at me with the saddest eyes, and I'm like. I look at his coach and I'm like, can I run with him? And the coach is like, sure. And I'm like, all right. So I get in first base with Micah and I'm holding his hand and I'm like, we're going to run together. Okay. And he's like, okay. And his, and his, you know, his friend hits the ball and we run to second base and he's like, I'm like, all right, we got here. And he's like, yeah. And then they hit the ball again and we run to third base and, and I'm like, how you doing? And he's, he's, you know, he's sort of, he's not crying anymore. He's, but he's not talking, but he's nodding. And then, and then they hit the ball again and we start to run home and he lets go of my hand and he runs home by himself across his home plate and his whole team erupts in cheers. And then his coach gives him the game ball for being brave. Oh my God. (laughs) The best moment ever. He was so proud when he got the game ball and he was like, I got this. Cause I was brave and I did a hard thing and I'm so proud of oh. myself and like, and he still like has that game ball and, and he loved obviously like the season and he plays sports now, but he talks all the time about how like he just needs to get settled in and he like has a nervous stomach, but that was like a really oh. moment of him being given that game ball. And um, also really, and I've like really cherish that story. So then when Glennon was like, no, that's not how you parent. I was like, hey. Magic <laughs> 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 story. That ends with my son getting a game ball for being brave. So. Oh, man. Sometimes, but maybe not always. <laughs> that's an amazing story. Yeah.
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did anybody else picture that last run home like he was in the movie The Natural with like lights exploding and sparks flying? Like, look, he did it. He saved everything. It's amazing. The kids come triumphantly well, out. And then he's fully grown by the time he hits home plate. He's just, boom. Mom, I'm going to be okay now. <laughs> That's amazing because that's how it works with parenting. You know right. that was exactly. the formative moment for them. There's a particular moment and then you know everything's going to be fine. That's how that works, right? Right. I'm still waiting for it for both of our children. Where's that moment? <laughs> Where's that moment? Um, but you can find out more information about Kara on our Facebook page, Funny Parents. And- Dot com sl- uh, or I'm sorry, Facebook page slash Funny Parents. Yes. Facebook page. You know Facebook.com slash funny parents. Yes. Um, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we hope to bring another episode to you soon. Yeah. Um, and more, more than likely we will because, uh, yeah, we live in New York City. So and, uh, we got nowhere else to go. <laughs> we can't go anywhere. But that, honestly, that's why we started doing this was because we were separated geographically from our friends. And uh, and this was a chance to get back in touch with them. So we are reaching out and uh, you'll be hearing more podcast from us soon. And my six-year-old is calling out, Mom, <laughs> Mom. So we got to go. We won't tell you what time it is. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.